What's going on, Card Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown here on a Thursday night. Taylor Lynch with you. No Lewis Metzinger, so I'm flying solo tonight, everybody. Uh, we've been gone for a couple of weeks, but we're back and uh, certainly have a lot to talk about on the show. We will, of course, talk about the events uh, that have been taking place here in Louisville Athletics over the last couple of weeks, the Tom Jurich, the Rick Patino decisions. Uh, we'll also get into a big football win on Saturday in Tallahassee over the Florida State Seminoles. We'll preview this weekend's matchup on the road at Wake Forest. We'll also hear from Bobby Petrino and David Padgett as he spoke at ACC Operation Basketball um, the, the other day, uh, as did the rest of the ACC's head basketball coaches. So we'll hear what David Padgett had to say as well. So lots of things to get into, uh, lots of stuff to dissect here on the show tonight. So we'll go ahead and jump right in. Guys, make sure you share out the podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, it's really easy. Just go to the bottom of the page there and hit the share button. Share this thing out so that everybody can hear what we're doing here on The Breakdown. As always, if you want to get in touch with us, feel free to do so. It's at Taylor Lynch, at Lewis Metzinger, or of course at TheBreakdownUL.com or at TheBreakdownUL on Twitter. So Really easy to get in touch with the show. The brand new, I should say, uh, updated TheBreakdownUL.com. Thanks to Lewis Metzinger and his abilities there. Have the website looking sharp and uh, all of the content there for you to read and interact with us. So, with that being said, let's get right down to it. Of course, everybody knows um, Tom Jurich out as athletic director at UofL. Rick Pitino out as headman's basketball coach at UofL. And now the litigation and now the suits and all of this stuff starts to happen. Everything that surrounds those decisions being made now, all of that begins to take place. And we heard Tom Jurich's lawyer speak uh, yesterday, I believe it was. Uh, the letter was released, the termination letter on Tuesday. Uh, and then, so it was Wednesday, sorry, yes, so yesterday, uh, when the attorney's had their press conference and kind of stated, you know, where they were at and, and the uh, the actions that they would be taking uh, in, in Tom Church's name. And it seems like, in some aspects, this thing could be over quickly. But in many other aspects, it seems like this could be something that could drag on and on and on. And they even said they have up to 10 years uh, to file a suit. So, I mean, this thing could drag on for quite a while. Or they could, you know, come together, both sides, meet somewhere, doesn't matter where, in some conference room somewhere, and come to a mutual amicable decision and just end this thing. Pay Tom Jurich whatever you want to pay him and just end it. Um, do I think that's going to happen? I don't know. Uh, but we're definitely in for a show in the meantime. And let me just say, and I've said numerous times on the show and I've talked to you guys and you all know how I feel about Tom Jurich and you know, I don't need to rehash the story. If you want to hear it, you can go back and, and listen to the last podcast. But so I'm, I am sad to see him go um, as the athletic director. I think that's that goes without saying, and I think a lot of Card Nation feels that way, uh, given all of the things that he's done and all of that he accomplished at U of L. And I think in some aspects, I'm, 
I don't want to say maybe, maybe sad's not the right word, but I feel weird seeing Rick Pitino go as well. Um, and maybe it's just because, you know, for the better part of my Louisville basketball fandom, Rick Pitino is what I've known as the Louisville head basketball coach. So maybe it's just a little bit of a fear of the unknown. Um, so it's it's just a weird, and I think everybody just kind of feels weird right now. But I also know that everybody's ready to move on from this. Um, and, and all of the fans are ready to move on from this and get out from under this cloud that it seems like has been hanging over this athletics department for the last several years. Um, and a lot of it has been because of the scandals involving the basketball program, whether it's the Katina Powell or whether it's now this FBI investigation and now everything that has come from that. I think everybody's just ready to get out from under the cloud. Um, so what I would like to see happen with both Rick Pitino and Tom Jurich, just come to an agreement, come to a settlement, and just end this thing. Especially with Tom Jurich, we read that letter on Tuesday, and there were parts of it that were scathing. I mean, they weren't pulling any punches, and they kind of left it out there that, you know, you got the feeling after reading that that if you if you want to fight this, Tom, you know, there's more where that came from uh, was kind of the sense that you got from that letter. And I know that Tom George is a proud man, and I know that he cares about how his reputation is viewed. And I would urge and I would suggest if if you want to try to maintain some sort of reputation, dragging this thing on and slinging mud on both sides and taking shots at each other is not going to do well for the board and for President Postal, or interim President Postal, I should say. Um, It's not going to be good for Tom Jurich. It's not going to make Tom look good. It's not going to make the university look good. Nobody wins in a situation like this if you drag it on and it gets into just awful litigation and it's in and out of court and it's not... It's not what anybody wants. I don't think that Tom Jurich wants to bring that kind of attention, undue attention onto the university and distraction um, for some place that he cares about. Now, I do know, well, I, I say I know, I would assume Tom Jurich wants to get his money, and I have no problem with that at all. Um, if I was Tom Jurich, I'd want to get my money too. Um but I just I would like to see this thing come to an amicable end, uh, and not have to deal with all the mudslinging and everything. Because just like I said, as a fan base, you just want to move on. And if you want to save face on both sides, if you're Tom Jurich and if you were, you know, the board, the board could stand to save face right now. Uh, President or interim President Postal could stand to save some face right now because there are a lot of people in this in this city and in this community that are not very happy with that board of trustees and with the interim president at the moment. So I think it would be good on both sides for both sides and for the university and for the fans and for the student athletes if this doesn't linger on if we if they can just come to an agreement and pay whatever amount of money has to be paid and we move on from it and the same thing with coach patino pay him whatever you got to pay him and let's just move on from it let's just move on let's turn the page on this and let's move on and I think I, I speak for all of Card Nation 
when I say that. Um, that's what we are all hoping for. So do I think this thing's going to end quickly? I, I don't. I really don't. I think this is going to be something we're going to be talking about for months and months, uh, and we'll definitely be following it here and, and let you guys know when anything changes. Uh, we did have a quiet day today, which is odd here in this town, given everything that's been going on. Um, so we're actually going to be able to talk about some sports on the show tonight. So I don't even really know what to do with myself. Uh, the fact that we're going to be talking about real sports uh, and actual games that will be played. So that that's exciting. Um, again, guys, you're listening to The Breakdown. Taylor Lynch in here with you. No Lewis Metzinger tonight, but uh, we power through anyway. He's off being Steven Spielberg uh, somewhere. And if you've seen any of his uh, cinematography, then uh, you would understand why he's out doing that because he's uh, really good at it. So humble brag because he's my cousin. I can say that kind of stuff. Um, (laughs) Again, guys, make sure you're sharing out the podcast. We appreciate that so much. Listenership has been growing and growing and growing, and that's all due to you guys and and sharing it out. And the fact that you're liking what we're doing here on the breakdown, it means a lot to us. So that's kind of my that's my piece. I, I I wanted to say my piece. I didn't want to spend too much time on it because I feel like that's all we've been talking about in the city for the last couple of weeks. So I didn't want to spend an enormous amount of time on it because I really feel like we've all said everything that you can say about it. Um, and I think everybody's just kind of exhausted about talking about it in general. So there's my piece on it. Um, kudos for everything that those two guys did while they were here, good things that they did uh, for this university, but we're moving on. It's a, it's a new day. Um, I think that all of Card Nation, regardless of how you feel about how Tom Jurich went out and how everything happened, you need to throw your support right now behind Vince Tyree and his administration uh, at the athletic department because I, I tell you what, there is not uh, – you'd be hard-pressed, I will say, to find a more likable guy uh, than Vince Tyree. I mean, a lot of people, when he was appointed to the position, you heard, you know – let me preface this by saying every fan base has those people that like you think of your average fan, your normal fan is kind of being like in the center. And then we have the outer rim of every fan base is where the crazies hang out. And so when Vince Tyree was announced as the interim athletic director or the acting athletic director, whichever term we're using now, uh, the, the outer rim of the fan bases lost their minds because he graduated from UK. Okay. I mean, I get it. I mean, I get, you know, yeah, he graduated from UK, and yeah, he played baseball at UK. He also played baseball at UK at a time when Louisville baseball was in the gutter. Was in the gutter. I mean, I know it's hard to imagine now because of what Tay McDonald has done with this program here and how we just expect to go to Omaha now. We expect to be hosting regionals and super regionals, but it wasn't always like that. I know we've talked about that before, and I know you've heard Dan talk about that as well, but Vince went to play for Kentucky, who was playing SEC baseball and had three of their better seasons when Vince was there. So, I mean, you can't really fault him. He got a scholarship offer. He went to go play D1 SEC baseball. 
I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Vince Tyre is a Cardinal through and through. I mean, his dad is a retired number that's hanging in the Yum Center uh, and on the mural at the practice facility. I mean, uh, Charlie Tyre was a legend around here, and... I mean, Vince has been a lifelong Cardinal. Uh, tailgates at all of the football games. I mean, he's you know season ticket holder. I mean, that's that's what he that's what he does. He he is a Cardinal. His kids are Cardinals. That's how he's brought his family up. I mean, and and there is just there is uh, there is no. I think there's no easier person to get behind right now than Vince Tyree. It's the way he's addressed the public when he's had the opportunity, the way he's talked to the fans when he's been given the opportunity. I mean, you saw him today at the uh, basketball tip-off luncheon. He had on the Louisville jersey with his dad's number eight on it. I mean, that's cool. That's a cool thing. That's what I want to see from an athletic director. Um, and then you heard him talk the other night, uh, and if you haven't had the opportunity, please uh, go to ESPNLouisville.com, uh, go to the, uh, I think it's uh, like extra programming or, or something like that, and you can find the podcast for Louisville Sports Live from last night. But Ethan and Nick had Vince Tyree on at the top of the show, and he told this story about uh, being at the Florida State game uh, last Saturday and being up in the in the suite and and seeing Blanton Creaky line up to hit the, or to kick that field goal, and Vince Tyree ran down nine flights of stairs from the suite down nine flights of stairs because he didn't want to wait on the elevator and got down to the field to celebrate with the team and Coach Petrino when Blanton nailed the field goal. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. I mean, ran down nine flights of stairs just to get down on the field and then took it to the locker room and jumped around and got in the middle of it with those guys. That is a Louisville man through and through. So that was that's all I needed to hear. But if you get the opportunity to go and listen to the podcast from Louisville Sports Live last night with Ethan Moore and Nick Birch, uh, please do that. I know that it is on uh, Twitter, uh, so you can check out Elville Sports uh, with Adam Live uh, and check that out and listen to the podcast from their show last night. But it, uh, it they they do an interview with Vince Tyree and it's awesome, and he says all kinds of great things there. But I think this fan base needs to throw their support behind Vince. They need to, obviously, and and they already are, throw your support behind David Padgett and behind this Louisville basketball program because they need it. They need it right now. They need your support. They need it in the worst way possible. Um, and I think a lot of people forget, because of everything that's happened, guys, this is a really good basketball team. I mean, even without Bowen and even without Coach Patino, this is a really good basketball team that has a very high ceiling uh, and could, you know, legitimately get to an Elite Eight or a Final Four. I mean, this is this team has talent across the board. It's got young talent. It's got proven talent, uh, veteran leadership. It's got all the makings of a Final Four caliber team. Uh now, obviously, David Padgett is unproven as a head coach, and will he make mistakes? Yeah, probably. Um, will he do some really good things? Yeah, probably. Um, but this this team needs your support, and this athletics department needs your support. All these student athletes, 
uh, I went to the women's soccer game the other night. I sang the national anthem and then stayed and watched part of the game. And I was sitting there, and all of a sudden these guys came and they sat in front of me. And, you know, as somebody that's not athletic, when you see an athletic person, you just know. Because you're like, they don't look like me, so they've got to be athletic. Um, So there were some guys sitting in front of me, and then you saw the, the tags and stuff on their backpacks and noticed, okay, they, they play soccer as well. They they play for the, the men's team at UofL. They were there to watch and support uh, the UofL women's team. And they were cheering, and they were screaming, and they were louder than some of the fans. And then about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes later into the match, here comes another group of girls, and it's the UofL field hockey team that just got done practicing and came over to catch the rest of the women's soccer game. I mean, these student-athletes on campus are coming together, supporting each other, and that's what this fan base needs to do as well. Just wrap your arms you know, around these student-athletes and support them. Come out to the games. Every game, doesn't matter what it is, field hockey, soccer, uh, lacrosse, whatever it might be, track and field is having a big meet here this weekend. Just get out and show your support because they need it. Um, And especially, I mean, Friday night, we have the last red-white scrimmage. Monday, we have the first exhibition game. I mean, basketball season is here. It's it's happening. It's moving on. Um, And it's time for us to just get behind it. Get behind this team because I'm telling you guys, this team is capable of doing some amazing things this season. David Padgett even said it at the at the tip-off luncheon. This team is capable of having a very special season. Um, and I, for one, am excited to watch and see what happens. I did mention um, David Padgett and the rest of the men's basketball coaches for the ACC were at ACC Operation Basketball because we don't just call it Media Days. Um, So they were at Operation Basketball and got up in front of the media and spoke. And I think David Padgett did an incredible job uh, at his time at the podium. And we've actually got the sound for you now, so we'll go ahead and play that. This is Louisville, I guess, acting head basketball coach or interim head basketball coach uh, David Padgett here at ACC Media Day. The room, Dave Padgett is with us for the next 12 minutes or so. Coach, we've got microphones both left and right. We've got about 12 minutes together, so we'll see where we take this. First question for coach is going to come to our left. First row. Dan Tortora, wakeupcalldt.com. Coach, your new hire of Greg Paulus, just what you can say about why you brought him in, why you brought him in and why he was the right fit for your program. Well, Greg obviously has a uh, very well-respected reputation, not only as a coach but as a player. Played in this league, was very successful in this league. Um, you know, he, he came very highly recommended even before I had permission to start hiring people. Um, you know, Greg and I have known each other off and on just from being on the recruiting trail and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, he's going to be a great addition for our players. He's, you know, like I said, he's played at this level. He's he's proven himself on the court that players can really relate to him. And he's got experience coaching you know, at this level as well at Ohio State. So he's been a great addition. I was very lucky to get him. Coach, we're going to take the microphone in the back to where the cameras are. First row to your left, white shirt. I'm assuming that's white. Yeah. 
Well, sure. Uh, Dan Coop, WLKY in Louisville. Coach, Q and Honest talked at length this morning about how much your style resonates with them. And Honest even went as far as to say it went from coming into the Yum Center and avoiding your boss to walking in and seeing your dad. What is it about your style resonates so much with these guys? Well, I think just having been in their shoes before, obviously not in these circumstances, but having sat in that locker room, having worn that uniform, um, you know, it, you know. let's make no mistake, Honest has never been a big fan of practice anyways. He's more of a gamer. We always kid about that. But, uh, you know, I, I think just, just trying to make this, trying to make the best of a difficult situation for the players, you know, I think it was a tough... It was a tough week, tough couple of weeks there for a while when all this started going down. And I just wanted them to focus on basketball, kind of block out the, the noise per se, and just kind of enjoy what they're, what they're at the university to do. I mean, go to class, be a student athlete, play basketball. And I just wanted them to enjoy that experience because at, at the end of the day and at the end of this year, they're not going to be able to get that season back. So I don't want them to have any regrets, and I want them to enjoy what we do and enjoy the process. Coach, from the podium, with your program this year, will small victories mean just maybe a little bit more this year compared to previous seasons? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think any victory means more or less, to be honest. I think, uh, you know, I think we're just trying to put ourselves in a position to win as many games as we can. Um, you know, we're, our goal so far the first three weeks of practice has been, okay, today we need to be better than we were yesterday. And then when we get to the games, okay, tonight we need to be better than we were last time out. So we're, we really are just taking that one-day-at-a-time approach here. And, and, you know, because like I told our guys, we can't worry about what the future has in store because we can't control that. All we can control is our present and what's in front of us. And, you know, if, if we control and take care of the present, the future will take care of itself. Coach, we've got two in the back. We'll start with the camera to our left. Hey, Coach. Um, a lot of people have talked about just the talent that you have on this roster. And, and as you said, as you work through things and kind of get into the season, you know, where do you see the potential? And is any of that change with a, you know, a new coaching staff and, and kind of trying to overcome what's going on? Well, there's no doubt we have talent. Uh, we have a lot of returning experienced players, obviously Honest and Quentin, two senior captains who've been through a lot. You know, Quentin has basically started every game since he was midway through his freshman year. And, you know, Dangadell, our third tri-captain who put his name in the early draft process last year and took it out because he got good feedback that he probably needed to stay for one more year. So, you know, we've got those three. We've got Ray Spalding, who's been a different player since the end of last season, in a, and I mean that in a positive way. Way. You know, VJ King is is bound for a breakout year, in my opinion. And our freshmen are—they're very talented. You know, they're young, they're freshmen. They haven't been through this before. But the only way to get them experience is to to have them go through it. So we have the talent. Uh, you know, we seem to be a very close knit unit. They all seem to pull for each other. Uh, it's not a case where the older guys are trying to separate themselves from the younger guys or anything because everybody in the locker room knows that we're going to need all 14 players to win at some point this year so they've done an unbelievable job of, of staying together and, and motivating each other and you know, I guess, I guess at the end of the day it just comes down to me trying to put them in the right position to do the right things but they've just made my job easier because our experienced players know what to do so I don't, I don't have to coach them quite as hard as I will the freshmen so it's been a little easier for me in that regard. Keep your focus there. The gentleman's seated right uh, in front of the camera. Bob Holiday, WRL.com. Will you make changes stylistically, offensively, and defensively in what Coach Patino ran, or will you run essentially the same things? 
You know, a lot of it will be the same uh, for a couple reasons. Um, one is our returning players. That's what they're familiar with. Uh, you know, all this went down, as you guys know, three or four days before practice was supposed to start. So, you know, I would, I'd be crazy to come in and change things, like I said, because the returning players were familiar with it. The incoming guys came there to play that style, and it's been pretty successful for the University of Louisville over the last 16 years. So it's, it's what I played in. Uh, you know, it's it's what I've worked in, but at the same time, I'll, I'll do things differently where I see fit. You know, our practice plans every day certainly aren't the exact same as, as what they used to be. You know, I add wrinkles here and there, do different things that maybe I picked up somewhere along the way playing at a different spot or for a different coach. So, you know, a majority of it will be the same. Wrinkles here and there might be a little different, but, you know, at the end of the day, effort will always be there and defense will always be there because that's what our staple is. Coach, right up the aisle to your right, third row. Frank Maloney, uh, Fox Sports 910. Um, Coach, has there been any situation in your life previously where you encountered a, a stressful situation and you overcame it that you can apply to what you're dealing with now? Well, I actually kind of talked to the team about that early on. You know, my recruiting situation and the reason I ended up at Louisville, it's kind of funny, is, uh, you know, I, I was recruited by Coach Williams, Roy Williams out of high school, signed my letter of intent when he was at Kansas, went through my senior season, and at the end of my senior season that spring after they lost the national championship game, obviously he goes to North Carolina. So there was... You know, I'll never forget, I was standing at home, I got out of school, and my mom comes home and says, have you seen what's going on? I said, no, what are you talking about? So we turn on TV, you know, long story short, we know what happens. Well, it's just the unknown, you know, from the time we knew that Coach Williams left to the time that we knew Coach Self was hired, it's just, it's the unknown, it's tough. And that was my biggest concern at first, was the players need to be reassured that something good is going to happen that will, will help them have a good year, and I also... My second concern besides them was their parents. You know, I spent a, a significant amount of that first week talking to parents, just trying to, you know, they had a lot of questions for me that I simply didn't have the answers to. But I just said, look, I will keep you guys afloat of everything that's going on as best I can and keep you in the loop. But, you know, we just got to stay patient here for a couple of days and see what happens. Coach, right behind him, same side of the aisle. Uh, Nick Burris on Sport News. Obviously, uh, the guys talked about how much more fun, how much more relaxed practice is, them referring to you as, uh, as, as DP. How do you strike that balance between them being comfortable and letting their hair down and just focusing on basketball and still you know, being that authority figure and being able to crack the whip and provide you know, discipline if need be? Well, I, Honest and Quentin can probably say practice is a little more relaxed because they don't, you know, they don't give me too much of a reason to get on them. Uh, you know, I'm sure if you brought a couple of our freshmen up here, they'd probably say it a little different. But uh, it's if they don't, if they give me reason to get on them, I will. Um, but if they don't, then I, I won't. You know, effort is something I haven't had to coach very much in practice so far this year, which has been really good. Obviously, you know, X's and O's sometimes, guys not listening or not. You know, for example, the biggest thing freshmen struggle with, and I think any coach will tell you this, is listening, especially when a coach is correcting someone that's not them. Because you never know if I say something to Lance Thomas and Malik Williams isn't paying attention and they both play the same position, well, I don't want to have to repeat myself twice. And, you know, it's just little things like that that they'll learn. But, again, I, 
I just walk into practice and say, we need to get better. If I don't think that they're bringing the energy or the focus that they need, I will let them know. But if, if they just do what they're supposed to do, then you know there's no reason for me to get on them. Coach, your last question here from the podium. You've been an assistant for the last couple of years, which means you have stayed seated during the games. What will your personality be like on the sideline now that you get to stand for a little while? You know, I think that's a million-dollar question. I guess we'll find out Monday in our first exhibition game. But, uh, you know, I, I really don't know. I think... You know, I'm not going to be someone who's up and down, walking up the sidelines the entire 40 minutes. You know, I I need to sit down once in a while. I'll get tired, but I think I think it's just going to be a learning process for me as well. I don't think there's any denying that. I, you know, there's no secret. I've never been a head coach before. This is all just going to be a learning process. You know, and I told our guys the very first time we met, I said, "Look, there's going to be a lot of things I do well this year that you guys like. There's going to be a lot of things I don't do well and mistakes I make that we're all going to have to learn from. It's just going to be part of the process." But uh, you know, we're just got to take it one day at a time. Monday will be, you know, I'm curious to see. You know, it's, see how they react to me on the sidelines, a different voice. And, you know, we just got to go from there. But, you know, so far they've been, the 14 guys in our locker room have been absolutely incredible in the transition to make my job easier. So, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been pretty good to, to get back to focusing on basketball so far. Coach, good luck. Thank you. Acting or interim Head basketball coach David Padgett there at ACC Media Days or ACC Operation Basketball, whatever you want to call it. Some really good stuff there, some insightful stuff there from uh, Coach Padgett. And I think I, I walk away from hearing that just going, man, I am such a David Padgett fan. I mean, honestly, I don't know how you can listen to him talk about this team and and just the humility that he has when he speaks. I mean, they especially, I mean, there at the end, he, he says it. I don't think it's any secret. I've never been a head coach before. I mean, he's just so honest and has this just refreshing humility. Um, and, I, I mean, it's just... It's just so cool, and I'm so excited to see what he does uh, with this team this season. And I, I like that, you know, he's, I feel like a broken record, but he, I mean, he's just honest. He's 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 told the team, you know, I'm going to do things that you're going to like, and I'm going to do things that you're not going to like, and I'm going to do some, I'm going to make some good decisions, and I'm probably going to make some bad decisions, but, you know, we're going to grow together. We're going to figure it out, and I think that that's awesome, and I, I like that the team has rallied behind him. Obviously, they wanted him to be their head coach. Um, he, they, they support him. They feel comfortable around him. They feel comfortable with him being their head coach. So I think uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this team and watch David Padgett grow into this role as head coach. Um, I do think it's going to be interesting. I fully expect the the offense and the defense to be almost identical to what Louisville has been running for quite some time, but. I'll be interested to see as David gets more comfortable in this role as the season progresses, what kind of wrinkles he throws in, offensively or defensively. What kind of things they do change up or or do a little bit different uh, this season. I think that'll be really interesting to watch and follow and see when that happens and if that happens. Um, And I also think that it's it's very telling uh, to hear the Excuse me. Hear the players talk about 
the way practice is now and the way they feel even walking into the practice facility. Honest Mahmood says, you know, it used to be like you're trying to avoid your boss and now it's like you walk in and see your dad. And that is a drastic change uh, from the way things were to the way things are now. And I think that that has a lot to do with the fact, and David Paget said it right there, that he can relate to these guys. He's been where they've been. He's worn the jersey. He knows what they're going through. Um, so I, I think that it's it's going to be good for this team. It's, it's refreshing, obviously. Um, it's different. It's new. It's exciting, uh, I think, in a lot of ways. And it's just going to be – I think this is going to be a very – fun season after everything that has gone on and what these guys have been through what this fan base has been through what this program has been through to just get back to playing basketball and again the red white scrimmage the final red white scrimmage will be friday and then the exhibition season starts on monday but just to get back to basketball is going to be so much fun and then to watch these guys just Go out and play bas- play basketball. Just do, just like David said, just do what you came here to do. Go to school, play basketball. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and and I think a lot of people are excited to see that. I know I'm excited uh, to see that as well. So, guys, get out if you can Friday night, the last red-white scrimmage. Get out and support these cards. Uh, I know that they are donating. Uh, I don't know if it's all or part of the proceeds uh, from ticket sales for the red-white scrimmage to uh, Hurricane Flood Relief. So that'll be really cool. That's a that's an awesome thing that U of L is doing and that this basketball program is doing. I know tickets for the red white scrimmage are ten dollars, um, and then the exhibition season starts on Monday. So basketball is here. It is time to play basketball, uh, and hopefully it's it's time to stop talking about negative things around the program and just start talking about wins and positive things and. You know, we can call in and everybody can either be happy and talk to Mark Ennis about how great David Padgett is and, and how, you know, he's he's the best coach of college basketball when we win a game and then when we lose a game. And, and they can call in and say, oh, man, he's terrible. He's, he's awful. I can't believe we brought him in. That's the kind of stuff I'm ready to get back to um, is just talking about basketball and it'll It'll be we'll be talking about it um, before you know it. I mean, we're talking about it right now. Again, guys, please make sure you're sharing out the podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, it's really easy to do. Hit us up on Twitter at the Breakdown UL or at Taylor Lynch at Lewis Metzinger, my partner in crime who is not here with me tonight. So you just got me, Taylor Lynch, here hanging out on the Breakdown. Let's switch gears a little bit and get to talking about football. The Louisville football cards seem to maybe get the season back on the rails uh, after a disappointing, mind-boggling, head-scratching loss at home to Boston College uh, where they gave up 4,892 rushing yards um, to, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was Herschel Walker. I'm pretty sure he came back, uh, suited up for BC, and, and ran the ball all over Louisville. Um, so Louisville bounces back from that loss. They go on the road to Florida State. Now, granted, a reeling Florida State team that is just trying to, they cannot, if there's a team in college football that cannot wait for the season to just be over with, it's Florida State right now. They are so, if they could just hit the eject button and just get out of this season, 
they would they would hit that button in a heartbeat. I mean, Jimbo Fisher's arguing with the fans. I mean, it's 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 getting crazy down there in Tallahassee. But Louisville goes down and hands Florida State a loss in a game that it was not as close at times as the final score indicated. I mean, Louisville had a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. You get an awful, atrocious call for roughing the passer, which, ugh. I mean, don't even get me started. It was awful. It was terrible. Uh, Florida State ends up turning that field position into a touchdown, and then they get another touchdown as well. Tie the game up. Looks like they're going to go down and maybe take a lead. And then James Blackman hands off to a ghost, uh, fumbles, Louisville recovers, go down, set it up. Lamar drives him, Blanton Creaky, through the uprights, and the cards get out of Tallahassee with a victory and right the ship in a lot of ways. Louisville now sitting at 5-3, and 9-3, um, and three, a, a possibility, an opportunity to get into a bowl game and get a 10th win and really kind of just change the whole narrative on this season. Uh, Louisville packs it up again, heads on the road again this Saturday to Winston-Salem to take on Wake Forest. Uh, a Wake Forest team that started out the season 4-0. Of course, they did play Presbyterian at Boston College, Utah State, and at Appalachian State. Um, but they started out 4-0 since that game against Florida State on September the 30th. The Demon Deacons are 0-3. Uh, lost to Florida State 19-26. Uh, lost at number two Clemson 28-14, lost at Georgia Tech this past weekend 38-24. So the Demon Deacons are at four and three on a three-game skid and in dire need of a victory. Uh, so they will host the cards on Saturday in uh, what could be an interesting game. I mean, this is a Wake Forest team that has improved offensively. Uh, they've got a good front. Uh, on defense, they're, they've got a really good secondary defensively. So this could be a really interesting game, but this is a game that Louisville on paper probably should just go down and win. I mean, when you look at, maybe not on defense, but when you look at the offensive numbers, I mean, Louisville, and I think that that gets lost a lot in the fact that the cards have dropped three games. They are sitting at five and three. But when you go and you look at the offensive stats nationally, I mean, Louisville's right there in every category. They are right near the top in every offensive category. I mean, this this offense is not the issue. They're they're putting up points. Um, do they squander an opportunity here and there? Yeah, yeah, they do. Should they run the ball more? Yeah, probably. Uh, with guys that aren't named Lamar Jackson, yeah. And we saw that they are capable of doing that, and they did that on Saturday in Tallahassee. They were this that was as stubborn as I've ever seen Bobby Petrino about running the football. I mean Louisville ran it with a purpose and they did it all game long. And that needs to be something that we continue the rest of the season. We don't need to just like abandon it now because we got a win and it worked. So now let's go back to just slinging it all around the yard. No. Run run the football. Run the football, please. 
and you have an opportunity this weekend to do just that. This is a as good as this defense uh, has been at times for Wake Forest. I mean, they're 18th nationally in pass defense. They're 87th nationally against the run. Um, they're 43rd in total defense, 56th on third down, 55th in sacks, and 28th in scoring defense. They are holding teams to just 19.7 uh, points per game. They can bring f- pressure with just four guys, uh, so that kind of allows your your linebackers to kind of drop back um it helps the pass game or helps the pass defense they are better against the run than some of the numbers might suggest uh they're good tacklers form tacklers uh and they run to the football they're active on defense they're they're athletic they get to the football uh and they do tackle so it'll be a it'll be a test for louisville um it's it's nothing that I don't think, as far as a, a pressure uh, standpoint, I, I think that the offensive line can hold up just fine against this front for Wake Forest. I mean, they're good, but I, I think that Louisville's got talent on the offensive line that they can hold up and give Lamar time. And I think Louisville does need to commit to running the ball. I mean, that has to be a focus again this week and set up some things for Lamar to be Lamar. Because when you run the ball and the defense has to worry about a running back carrying the ball and Lamar Jackson carrying the ball, then you have problems. Then you have problems if you're the defensive coordinator. And then Lamar has you right where he wants you. And Bobby Petrino has you right where he wants you because he can do absolutely and they can do anything they want to do. You can you can have play action if you're running the ball. Lamar can do some bootleg stuff. Uh, he can quarterback keep it and run it. I mean, it, it's, the playbook opens up immensely when you can run the ball. And we saw that uh, Louisville was able to kind of do what they wanted to do offensively uh, on Saturday, and they have the opportunity to do that here again on the road if they can commit to running the ball early and open some things up and then give Lamar some room to operate uh, within the offense. For the Louisville defense this weekend, um, they need to come out. I, I feel like we just need to do everything you did against Florida State, do it again, and then do it again the weekend after that. Uh, this defense really, I mean, they played better than we've seen them play this season on Saturday. They were flying around on the field. They were making plays. Uh, they were getting into the backfield and were not being denied. And that is, they, they did not stop. The motor did not stop. These guys, they played with a, a fire and a passion that we haven't seen. Um, and we need to see more of that this weekend. Um, there's, there's potential that you could have, you know, Stacey Thomas back. There's potential that you could have Jagger Alexander. So they could be healthier <laughs> this weekend. Uh and they still need to play that way. They still need to play with that same fire, that same intensity, fly around and make plays like they did against Florida State last weekend. And they've got to bring the pressure, get in the backfield, disrupt things. Because let me tell you, this Wake Forest offense is pretty predictable, guys. I mean, they love the screen game. I have not seen a team that loves the screen game quite like Wake Forest. Flanker screen in particular. Uh, they, they love it. And the quarterback draw is a big part of their offense as well. Now when they do drop back to pass it, it's quick passes. It's it's take a couple steps and get the ball out. Um, so Louisville getting pressure is going to be paramount in this game. Um, 
and staying in your gaps and understanding what's coming at you. Because again, I mean, this is this is an offense that is kind of predictable, and so Louisville's defense needs to key in on that and fly around and make plays, take the opportunity to be dominant and make plays. I don't foresee Louisville having, as a team, having an issue going to Winston-Salem at 12:20 in the afternoon and getting a victory. I don't, I don't see that being an issue for them. Um, what type of victory it ends up being, I think a lot depends on, on the defense uh, and what type of game it ends up being. I say we could be looking at 30, what, I said 35-17 uh, Louisville getting the victory on Saturday in Winston-Salem. Go ahead and print it. And it actually is printed because you can go to thebreakdownul.com and check out the full breakdown of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. So make sure you go check that out. Uh, so yeah, 35-17 I think is uh, is is what happens on Saturday. The Cards get a victory, move to six and three, and just keep this thing rolling. Uh, commit to the run offensively opens everything else up. And fly around and make plays on defense. Get into the backfield. Disrupt uh, John Wolford, who is playing pretty well at quarterback, completing about 61% of his passes. Um, he's playing well. But as far as wide receivers go, it's really just its kind of a one-man show. It's Greg Dorch, and then it's everybody else. Uh, Greg Dorch has 43 receptions. The next closest guy to him in receptions is to Barry Hines. He's got 16. So if you can get to Greg Dorch, if you can shut that down, if you can keep a handle on the screen game, um, then you can really do some good things defensively for Louisville. Bobby Petrino sat down with the media this week uh, on Monday and previewed this matchup between Wake Forest and also talked about the, uh, the big victory over Florida State on Saturday. Here's Louisville head coach Bobby Petrino. <laughs> Yeah. It was a good win for us. Really, like I said after the game, I'm really proud of our players and how they've stuck together. The energy that they had all week at practice, the focus. Um, I thought we played tough. You go watch the video. I thought we played with a lot of toughness and a lot of effort. You know, it's uh, it's great to see our defensive line uh, using technique, getting off blocks, making tackles at the line, guys sprinting to the ball. And one of the things we really wanted to do and we worked on all week was getting more bodies to the football, and we and we really did that. Okay, really sold out and played with great effort. Got some really good pass rush out of uh, James Hearns and, and um, Trayvon. So they did a really nice job of getting after the quarterback and putting pressure, putting the clock on them. You know, even even when we didn't get to him, there was times he had to throw it early uh, before his guys were open. So that, that helped us a lot. Um, offensively, I thought we did a good job executing the game plan. The game plan was to, to run the football and, you know, Run it two, three times in a row. 
we felt like going in that uh, we didn't have negative plays. We could get the third medium, third short, be able to run the ball and, and be successful. Um, Lamar did an unbelievable job. You know, he, did, he just did a great job of reading and taking what they gave him. Um, and then, you know, distributing the ball when we did pass it. Do a couple of really great deep balls. Unfortunately, we didn't make the catches on them, um, which, which would have been really nice. But uh, Reggie keeps getting better and playing hard, fast. He had a couple of cuts in that game and accelerated. Thought he might go the distance, and you know that run in the, in the last drive to go go down and get the uh, field goal was huge for us. Um, and something he just accelerated through the line and made a great run. So, good to have Dave Williams out there. That day, uh, you know, gave us a lot, and he's a, he's a guy. They can do everything: run, catch, block. So it's a it's a great combination. Um, I think it helps our offense a lot to have him out there. And then our offensive line continues to get better. You know, I thought they did a good job. They controlled the line of scrimmage. They blocked a lot of line movement. They they did a lot of different things um, to try to stop the run, and our line, our offensive line handled it very well. So that was good to see. And then I felt like we won the special teams. You know, uh, Mason King punted the ball very well. I think he averaged over 49 yards, and two of them inside the 20. Uh, and then we hit the field goal at the end uh, to win the game. So. It was a, a good win for us, something we need to build on on, on the preparation, understand that it's going to be hard fought. Um, looking forward to the game Saturday. Uh, they're a good defense, and they've been able to move the ball. they got a, a, a receiver that can really run after the catch, so that's going to challenge us to play tight coverage on him and tackle him when, when he does catch the ball. Uh, with that, I'll just open up for questions. Will we see more, uh, more of the approach to the running game like you took uh, Saturday with the, more of an emphasis? Yeah, I mean, each each week you kind of go in with a game plan, and, and you know, with the temperature the way it was there, and, and the way that we executed throughout the week, we felt like that was our best opportunity uh, to win the game. I, I do think it helped us in in you know controlling the ball and having time of possession, just simply because it was such a hot day, and you'd rather have their defense on the field than than ours. Yeah, of how competitive they were, how much leadership it took from the players within the program to keep everything positive and energetic in practice. And I think it's a credit to our assistant coaches and how they handle the meeting rooms and, you know, get the kids to come out of the meeting room onto the practice field with energy. You do? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, players, you know, can't let them bite. So what do you do? Is there anything special you do? Or I mean, you talk a lot to them, and you, and you try to, you know, talk to the leaders. And, you know, one thing about players is they don't uh, – they, they get over losses a lot quicker than coaches do. You know, they're, they're out there and enjoying it and having fun, and, and that's something they love to do. Um, so it's a lot easier for a player to put a loss behind them than it is the coaching staff and the media and, and whoever else it is. And, and they really do go out to play to win the game. You know, whichever game they're in, they go out there to compete and play to win the game. Um, it, there are times when you do lose a number of games in a row where attitude takes the wrong turn. 
Um, so that's the main thing we try to do is, is just control the attitude and keep it positive, energetic, focused. Um, and that, that really showed up not only the guys on the field, but the guys on the sideline. You know, I thought we had a, a, a great help from our sideline and the energy our sideline gave our players. Are you surprised? Because a lot of teams wouldn't necessarily be able to do that. Um, you know, no, I'm not really surprised. We got good guys on this team. I like the guys on our team. You know, they've, they've been good. Um, they work hard at it. They had a great off season, and, you know, um, one of the things you try to talk to them about it is, you know, things in life don't always go the way you want them to. So everyone, every one of us is going to have to handle adversity, um, and hopefully we learned a lesson from it this week that you handle it with a positive attitude, energy, and go attack it. How hard was it for you to call those running plays? I like throwing the rock around a little bit, you know, but not that hard because we're making great yards with it. You know, I think that's the thing. If if you're not making yards and you're not having success and you still have to stick to the game plan to, to win the game, um, you know, I just I just didn't want to get negative plays and their pass rush is pretty good. They got guys that can really rush the passer um, and I felt like we could run at those guys and wear them down and then they wouldn't rush the passer as well late in the game. Did that happen, I thought it did, yeah. Overall, was that one of Lamar's of, of this year? I mean, the numbers maybe not as gaudy as some of the other, but that, it seemed like that was one of his better managing. Oh, I thought he ran the offense uh, very, very well. You know, he did a lot of stuff at the line of scrimmage. Um, he did some things with protections. Uh, he went through his progressions. Um, he was able to make some yards outside the pocket. Uh, you know, with that one great run, uh, another nice throw on the sideline for a first down. You know, I, I thought he was really focused and into it and did a great job. He teach that, whatever that was. The I'm not sure what that was. <laughs> you know, he, I don't think he can shoot the three, but maybe he can get inside the key. That's, that's, that's what it seemed like, a little jump shot. <laughs> About to string together quite a few first downs and, and keep drives going that way. Your team's currently leading the country in, in first downs per game. What, what does that stat in particular mean to you? What, do you look at that when looking at other teams about about their offenses? I don't really ever look at the first downs. You know, I I, I look at time of possession because I do think that that's important and and uh, you know particularly for our defense. Uh, so I think that's a that's a big stat. And then you know big plays, turnovers. Uh, I think is what really determines games. You know, if you take care of the ball and you get more big plays than they get, usually you win the game. Was that a, was that an emphasis last week? Because you won the turn, turnover battle, turnover battle Saturday, obviously. With yeah, we've been really focused on it. You know, I think I feel like our defense continues to get better at it, and offensively, we've turned the ball over too much. You know, and we're we're improving at it. I think the the discipline of, of taking care of the football and, and limiting our penalties is helping us. Do you make an emphasis at all about um, not just turnovers, but you've had a, there have been a, the other teams run back a few for touchdowns? I think maybe after the Clemson game, you talked about once once the interceptions happen, once the interceptions you have to make the tackle, yeah. And the, the fumble return for a touchdown the end of the day too. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of. You know, we couldn't do a lot about that one. It was, uh, you know, that was probably the only misread that Lamar had the whole day. The guy kind of did a good job against him. He, he, uh, you know, he got after him a little bit and changed it up on him. But the rest of the time, he Lamar took advantage of that. You said in the past you don't like the teams play. What's the 
it seems like four corners against you. Did you get the sense for us they was going pretty slow too? And so how did you avoid yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel that. You know, I didn't feel that in the game because they weren't really waiting for the 40-second clock. They were just. Uh, sometimes they would have good tempo, and sometimes they were slow. You know, receivers getting back, but it wasn't something that where they were trying to do it. Um, I did feel like in the first half that this might be a real short game. We're running the ball. They're running the ball. You know, uh, but it did change a little bit in the second half. Um, you mentioned the pressure that Hearns and Young was able to put on them. Did you guys talk to those two guys in particular the week leading up to the game? What was different with what they did Saturday? Um, I thought we got some better matchups, and and you know our our staff moved them around a little bit, did some different things with them. Uh, but besides that. They played with unbelievable effort. You know, they were relentless. They were blocked at times and kept coming, and they they got there on second effort a number of times. And uh, it, you know, that's just a credit to them saying that they weren't going to be denied. How good was the defense? I mean, considering you have Jair and Stacy both not out there, how good of an effort is that from those other guys and guys that replaced them? Yeah, I thought it was a great effort. I mean, they, they played really hard. Isaac Stewart, you know, played as well as he ever has here. Uh, he got to the football. He tackled well. He was tough taking on blocks, you know. Um, so I thought he did a great job. Um, you know, I thought, I thought I just thought that our defensive front used their hands better and set edges better, and that's something that we really felt like we had to do. You know, we held uh, both running backs under 100 yards. Uh, and we're able to pressure the quarterback. I'm not trying to get you in trouble. How do you feel about the explanation for the uh, rough pass? That's like when someone says, hey, trust me, man, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you're not trying to get me in trouble? I know you're looking at that. Will, will you address the, uh, this week with your team at all? Will you address the, the Wake Forest game from last year and the, the plays? No, no, we've got all that behind us. We're looking forward to getting on the practice field and working on football. What, last year, if I recall, their, their defensive front created some problems in the first half of the, of the game here last year. What do, you, what do you see with their defense, Wake's defense issues? Yeah, they're really active on the defensive front. Both defensive ends that we played against last year, both guys do a really good job of rushing the passer and defending the run. Uh, they move their inside guys a lot. Uh, they're very experienced at linebacker, um, you know, guys that we've played against for a number of years. So, uh, you know, they've, they've defended people well. You know, people haven't scored a lot of points on them. I think it's going to be up to us to be able to mix it up and, and uh, you know, be able to run it and throw it. They're very good in terms of a red zone offense. What makes a good red zone offense in general? You score. <laughs> you get the ball. You know, everybody do different things. Sometimes it's your ability to run the ball in the end zone. Um, sometimes it's your ability to move the quarterback around and do run pass options. Um, so, you know, everybody's a little bit different. What, what makes them so effective, you think? Yeah, I think he's done a nice job of throwing touchdown passes. You know, he's been accurate at, on, the, on the passes, and um, they do do a, a, a good job of running the ball. There was a story this summer about the uh, the unnamed ACC coach who said that Lamar would be good NFL quarterback. Lamar seemed to think it was Wake Forest, and Wake Forest coach. Do you have any reaction to that? Oh no, none at all. I don't really pay attention to a lot of that stuff. You know, if you'll have the guys Stacy and Jair, you know, you'll have them.
You know, Stacy worked really hard. To, uh, he really wanted to play in the game last week. You know, being from from Florida and knowing how much uh, how many people were going to be there. Um, he worked extremely hard at it. He tried to come out Thursday and practice, and the medical staff just made the, the opinion that he wasn't ready. He wasn't quite ready to go. Um, so we'll see how he progresses this week. I know in his mind he, he really wants to get ready and prepared to go. Uh, and Jair, we'll have to see how, how it goes with him. I'm not sure yet. Did he re his wrist? Or? Who's that? Jair. Uh, no, it's not his wrist. Yeah, you know, he's accelerating through the hole. Um, he's working hard at finishing runs, you know, and, and, you know, being the guy that does the hitting. Uh, but his acceleration through the hole has really changed. And, you know, you noticed it in practice where he started bursting right as he saw the opening. Um, he's doing a good job what we call hugging the wall, which keeps the linebacker to the blocks, where if you, as you make your cuts too soon, the linebacker comes out of the block and can make the tackle. Uh, so he's setting the blocks better. I think just the experience of getting more touches and, you know, feeling it now, more confidence. But, um, you know, he had, he had three big runs the other day, and two of them I thought he had a chance maybe to, to go the distance. What the acceleration is that? There's a little bit there from Louisville head football coach Bobby Petrino as he previewed uh, this upcoming matchup with Wake Forest. Talked about the big victory over Florida State. Don't know what we had going on there with his audio. It got a little crazy uh, at times there, so I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, Bobby Petrino, very happy with his team, praising his team, uh, happy with Lamar Jackson, the way he played, uh, and actually had good things to say about his defense and happy with the way his defense played. And I think a lot of people feel the same way, uh, happy with the way the defense played and want to see more of that style of play uh, from the defense as we move forward the rest of this season. So that's all the time we've got for tonight, guys. It's going to be a big weekend. Uh, lots of things going on. Of course, Friday night, the red-white scrimmage. Saturday, the Cards travel to Winston-Salem to take on Wake Forest. We will hopefully be talking about another Louisville victory when we talk to you guys next Thursday night. For Lewis, I'm Taylor. This has been another episode of The Breakdown. Go Cards. Check us out, thebreakdownul.com. But there's a couple things that you need to hear before I'm paying your time.